what mother nature can give to us and costs her nothing and gives us everything is that sense of connection, that sense of who we are and what we're here to do and how we're supposed to do it. Hi, I'm Sarah Woodard, and I am entering a world gone good for the second time. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is the place where we shine the light and find the light in the darkness to prove there is still good out there and lots of it, my friends. Welcome to World Gone Good. If you've been listening lately, you've been hearing me jabber on and on about my upcoming play, my first new play in 19 years, Happy Birthday McKenna. And if you're sick and tired of hearing me talk about it, well, here's a few of our previous good guests who are in on the joke, yapping away. Give a listen to this. Hey there, I am Mary Weiss. And I'm Faith Saley. And I'm Tanya Perez. And I guess that makes me Susan Louise O'Connor. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm Irene. Irene. Okay, here we go. I am Irene, playing Irene the first weekend, beginning March 2nd. Right, and then I come in uh, the weekend that begins March 10th, and I play the real Irene. Oh, fuck. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, then I take over as the true Irene for the third weekend, March 17th. March Madness, what? But then what's what's that thing about saving the best for last? Because, you know, guys, I come in the final weekend, which is March 24th. Huh. Anyway, I can't wait to fly in from Chicago to uh, be in Happy Birthday, McKenna. And then, and then Tanya and I bring a New York attitude to the show. I don't really know what that means. I, I say it all. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> that, is that attitude from New York? Yes. <laughs> and I'll be representing the, our hometown of L.A. in Happy Birthday, McKenna, which is a world premiere of a play. Yeah. And that's Happy Birthday, McKenna. If we were going to do a website thing, that would be HBM, right. the play, dot com. That's right. HBMtheplay. Got to one up me. Thank you, Mary and Faith and Tanya and Susan who Susan needs to come on the show next, right? They are all playing Irene at one point or another. She's a super fun character. And uh, you can come see them in Happy Birthday McKenna. Visit www. Oh my God, I sound so old. Let me try that again. HBMtheplay.com to get your tickets. I'm not even going to rewind that. HBMtheplay.com to get your tickets and support local theater. Today, we are going to ask you to give a fuck. Shit. I should have warned you about language in this episode. What a dick I am. Okay, moving on. My guest today is another returner. We're having lots of returners so far. Last time we chatted with her, it was about her children's books. This time, well, I'm going to let her tell you. Sarah Woodard is an author, a podcaster, and she's ready to spark your consciousness, that is the name of her company, in every way naturally possible. Well, Sarah Woodard is back, and I can proclaim it, fuck yeah, because... (laughs) 
Before I start the show, I like to talk to my guests and I like to tell them little things. And one of the things I say is, you can say four-letter words, you can say three-letter words, you can say two-letter words. And Sarah, as per the last time, fessed right up and said, not only did she say four-letter words, that's why pretty much we're here together. But let's talk about the last time. Let's get back to it. Sarah, the last time you were here, you were writing children's books. Something happened. You got hit by a, a small um, rock by a child. And now... <laughs> You're cursing like a sailor and doing a podcast. Now, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it sort of metaphorically could have been that, I suppose. Um, We were in the woods a lot. I mean, so there's that. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) There is that. Yeah. (laughs) So a a lot, a lot has happened since last time. So last time we talked, I was living in Vermont. I was doing the children's books thing. I'm still doing the children's books thing. They're not my main focus. And I've moved to Colorado. (laughs) Amazing. When did you move to Colorado? April. April. Okay. What was the impetus to be like, I'm going to Colorado? I didn't fess up to this during our show because I was still living in Vermont and people in Vermont are very, very proud of their state. And that's cool. But I hated it. I hated it. I really just, I've lived in New England my whole life and I kind of hated it everywhere in New England. You had to get out. You had to get out. We get it. I just, I did. I had to get out. And so I sat down, I call it my spirit team, but call it God, universe, creator, great mother spirit. I don't care. Pick your, pick your, your favorite term there. But I sat with them and I'm like, where am I supposed to go? And it was interesting because even before I had moved to Vermont and I was only in Vermont for like a year, but even before I had moved there, I had actually a dream that took place in Westminster, Colorado, which is where I live now. And I was in so much denial that I was supposed to move to Colorado that I moved to close to Westminster, Vermont. Very, very wrong. <laughs> Wait, very, very you wrong. had a dream as in I had an aspiration or I went no, to no, sleep no. and like, I had an actual sleep, dream? Like, okay. While I was asleep, I had this dream that took place in Westminster, Colorado. And I was like in this auditorium giving a speech. It's and, like, so specific. How did you know? It was West- specific. Yeah. How did you know of Westminster, Colorado? I don't know. I've never heard of it before. I have no idea how I knew. Jesus. But I knew in, in the dream I knew. That's cool. And it was – and yeah. And so when – when I was sitting with my spirit team in Vermont, like we have to get out of here. Where am I going? I kept getting little pokes about Colorado. And by then it was less daunting because by then I was like, if you want me to move to fricking the Pacific Northwest, because there's lots of vegan cool shit happening in the Pacific Northwest, I will figure out how to get me and three cats half all the way across the country if need be. So when it was like Colorado, I'm like, well, that's not as far as Pacific Northwest. Okay. <laughs> so, that's amazing. No, wait, let's I go never, back a step. Spirit yeah. team. Talk to me about, yeah. talk to us about what a spirit team is. Like I said, people can call it many different things. God, universe, creator, angels, great mother spirit. Pick your poison. <laughs> is it more than one thing for you? For me, it's all of those things, actually. That's awesome. As well as spirit guides and angels and it's all the things for me. Yeah, because you're a very connected person. Yes. Spiritually connected. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, And I I try to use neutral terms because some of those spiritual religious terms can be very triggering for people. Like Jesus is one that's very triggering for me. So I try to be neutral and very open to whatever people want to call it because it doesn't really matter (laughs) Um, as long as you're connected and believe in something. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) when I... I, fa- I had never been west of New York. So I found my 
I found my apartment online and didn't see it till the day I moved in. Wow. Yep. <laughs> we drove, I put my, I put all of my, I got rid of a lot of my stuff. Um, put everything I owned in a 15 foot U-Haul, had that trailer thing hooked up to the back with my car on it and the three kitties in the cab with me. And off we went. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about this for a second. What's, <laughs> what? I love this. What is, well, look, I'm the guy who graduated college on a Saturday night and Sunday morning got up and moved to LA with, I think about $1,400 in a bank account. It was 1990s, everybody. That's close to a million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. 1990s money. That was good money. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I could do like three months rent. I was like, I'm good for three months. I'll get there. Uh, Let's just talk about that for a second. So that's a really big leap. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Was it exciting or daunting or? By that point, it really wasn't. Like by that point, I was ready. Um, it was the, honestly, the most daunting part was all the miles of driving. Cause I'm not, I'm not like a lover of driving. Got I'm that. not one of those people that's like, oh, let's just go out for a drive and see things. No, no, I will go out. You want to drive? I'll sit in the passenger seat. We do a thing. But for <laughs> me to drive those 2000 miles was like, oh my God. But it wasn't nearly as bad in reality as my brain was making it out to be, you know? And the cats were okay. They, I mean, they're never going to love traveling, right? They're cats. Right, right. But they did surprisingly well. I was very, very proud of them. That's amazing. We have a Verbo across the street. My neighbor owns it. It's a duplex. And people bring their dogs and stuff. But one time I looked out the kitchen window while I was doing like dishes. And in the like big window across the street, these people brought their cat. And I just yep. started laughing. I was like, who goes on vacation with their cat? I would. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't bear to be away from them. Okay. Um, I just can't picture that cat. I like, say, I don't so know. Say, of, the, of the three of them, my youngest, Toby, um, he's also the only boy. He, he was meant for traveling. He slept in the carrier the whole just the whole time we would get to the hotels at night and instead of hiding like his older sisters, he would just find a little comfy spot on the bed and plunk himself down. He's like, I'm good. That's like, yeah. So, cause that's funny. Cause we have, we have three dogs and a cat and our cat Oliver is such a punk, but hilariously, uh, well, this isn't the hilarious again. I always say the wrong thing. Hilariously, there was a horrible wildfire. There was a horrible wildfire and we were on alert that we might have to evacuate and yeah. I went in the garage and got the cat carrier out and like, you know, I was making the food bowl, you know, getting the food yeah, together and all that. Yeah. So I get his cat carrier. He comes out and he is banging on the door. Like, <laughs> let me in that. I opened the thing and he like got in there and sat himself like, let's go. Where are we going? Let's go somewhere. And well, I'm so like. This is what's interesting. So the girls crazy. will sit in them. Like the girls will sit in them because I leave them like out and available to try to make them less fearful when the time comes. Right. Right. They will sit in them just fine if they're just like in the apartment. So you're here uh, again with me. Last time like we talked, great conversation. Children's book extraordinaire. How many have we published? I th- I'd have to double check this number, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 65. Wow. Congratulations. That's amazing. Very well Thank done. You. And you're yeah. very prolific. I mean, you've done that in how many years? Um, well, 2017 was my first one. So what is Holy that? crap. Six years. There you go. That's like 10. It's more than 10 a year. I can do math. <laughs> well, better than I did. You figured out how many years it's been. So That's really impressive. You know, I had on uh, LL Abbott a couple weeks ago and she's done 
I think 22 in, hmm, I can't remember how many years, but it was about four a year. So eight years again, wait, can I do math? Yeah, right. That's about right. I think in the last eight years, she's done about four a year. That's really great. What's the latest one? What is the latest one? Let me look. <laughs> um, well, of course so you're, you're you like go- me. You're, you're like, <laughs> you're like me. It's hard to know what the latest thing is. Cause you're six ahead. Exactly. Well, that's exactly in the it. planning. I know it. Go ahead. No, exactly. Exactly. So the latest one to come out is called Sir Stag's Woods, and it's basically like a hunting story, but it's from the perspective of the deer. Oh. And it leaves it open ended for readers at the end to decide, like, who's right? Are the hunters right, or is the deer right? Interesting. Yeah. And have you gotten feedback on that? On who's right? Um. Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Has any deer, have any of the deer written in? Have you got any texts well, from I'm any sure deer? Well, I'm sure the deer believe that they are correct. And I'm sure <laughs> the hunters believe that they are correct. I'm more wanting, like, more, I want I want kids to think about it. I want them to yeah. talk to their parents. I want them yeah. to talk with their teachers. I want to, fa- you know, facilitate this conversation of, like, is it okay that we're going out in the woods and doing this? And if so, why? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, why and how do we stop it? And it's great that you're open to both sides to hear both sides. Well, I don't particularly want to hear it, actually. I want other people to just have the conversation. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know which side you're on. Don't worry. Yeah. We know which side Card you're on. vegan for 10 years. I think you can guess which side I'm actually on. Yes. <laughs> okay. So now you've entered the world of podcasting. What, what was the spark? When did you wake up and you're like, I'm doing a podcast? Say it was because I inspired you. Go. Um, sure. It was because you inspired me, Steve. Liar. Liar. (laughs) So what happened was, so even like I spent like 10 years, more than 10 years, most of my adult life in New Hampshire before I moved to Vermont. And so even before I moved to Vermont, I was getting these messages from the spirit peeps like, Sarah, you need to expand your view. And I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I ignored it. And then in Vermont, they were still coming and I'm like, I don't know what this means. So I ignored it. And then I get to Colorado and it's like voice of God. Like if, if for the Star Trek fans out there, like on, um, on Next Generation, when they get like pushed way the hell out into further than they should have gone because they were playing with the warp engines and that time travel guy was helping and whatever. Um, and there's this head that comes on the ship and it's like, who are you? It was like that. Expand your view. And I'm like, I don't know what you're telling me but i was led to hook up with this woman out here um who's very gifted in a lot of ways but her one of her biggest talents is that she's able to help you like decode these messages from spirit like what the fuck does this mean and basically what happened was i went into what i called chrysalis mode Mm -hmm. for a while um because i knew that there was something big coming and i didn't know how to get there. And so I basically went into chrysalis mode for like two weeks. I just made paper cranes. I folded 1000 paper cranes, like that legend out of Japan, a thousand paper cranes. I colored and I just, I basically just kind of went and I did so much. I can't even tell you how much reading I did. The stack of books that they were like, you need to read this and you need to read this and you need to read this. And I'm like, okay guys. So I read all of these books and Took some detours because I thought, well, maybe I'm being led this direction. Maybe I'm being led this direction. What it really turned out to be was many directions that all come together under sort of this umbrella of spark consciousness, which is my new business. And the intention of it is, well, so there's like the mission and the vision, right? And so the vision is helping 
people will become good stewards of the earth through education, entertainment, and reconnection to one's soul. So how I'm approaching that, sort of what the mission is, is that through connection with nature, I'm helping young millennial women, women with an X, mind you, and others feeling lost to find their values and find their purpose. I'm sorry. Let's just be clear for a second. Jump back to something. Yeah. Talk about you got a message. Yeah. When you say you get a message, is it is it a message you hear in your head? Is it a message like, for me, it's more like um, signs, like mm-hmm. <laughs> songs will come on the radio oh, yeah. that are literally saying what I need to hear at that moment, right? Yeah. And also, or or sometimes if somebody has passed away and 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 I'm thinking about them and what they would do in this moment, a song they loved or a song I was connected to them sure. will suddenly pop on somehow, right? Yeah. And then I'm also I've talked about this on the show. I'm the king of finding pennies. Mm-hmm. Whenever me I'm too. questioning, if I'm questioning something, questioning myself, oh God, am I am I? Uh, I find pennies. And then I'm like, nope, I'm on the right path. So is it like that? It's it's all of the above. Um, sometimes it's a voice. Sometimes it's numbers. Sometimes it's finding pennies. Sometimes it's music on the radio or a song that pops in my head. Or it's a, a voice. What Something comes on the TV. It could be a commercial. It, any and all. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you had this idea for a business. And part of the business is the arm that is the podcast. The podcast. Exactly. Exactly. So the and you've edited podcasts before. You've interviewed people before. You've have no clue what I'm talking about, and you're like, I'm going to figure it out. That w- option B, yeah. I, <laughs> I so I had had like for a very brief amount of time, I had tried to do like an interview show podcast, but I literally just posted it as it was recorded because I had no idea how to edit it. Right. And I really had no idea even how to host it. I just posted everything to SoundCloud because I had no idea what I was doing. But you were putting something out there and that's five steps more than a lot of people ever get. So I applaud you for that. Well, thank you. Um, but ultimately, and but all, like, and I was just, I kept saying, well, I don't edit it because I want it to be organic and authentic. Yeah. Well, that's great. But having five minutes of dead air is not good. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a balance, right? There's a Organic, fine line, yeah. But also, people need to be engaged and entertained, right? Because listen, this is the fact about a podcast: is if a podcast is great and you really enjoy it and it totally activates you and you connect to it, that's one thing. But if I if I'm not and I just want to go have coffee with my friends and talk about nothing, that's something different. That's what I was compared to. Like I sometimes I hear it, a, 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 I'll hear certain podcasts, I'll listen to certain podcasts, and I'm like, oh, this should have just been a phone call. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like you. You're really nice. <laughs> you too cool. I'd have coffee with you, but this is not a show. No, yeah. Right. Because that's it. So exactly. You, right. So you then came up with a show, which you are calling. I'm calling it Give a Fuck. And fuck is spelled F asterisk K because there are a few similarly named things out there. Um, and that you can also get to it through my website. Um, but yeah. So basically the... The, the business is going to be much bigger than it is now. There's a lot of other things that still have to get pulled into it. But right now, the sort of the three focus areas are the podcast, my online course that's coming in March, and then there'll be a digital magazine in October. But right now, the podcast is kind of the one piece of non-social media content that you can consume. What's the structure of the podcast? What's the mission of the podcast? So the point of it, excuse me. I didn't want to say that. What's the point of it, Sarah? What's the point? Sound like your dad. <laughs> Knock so it off. 
(laughs) (laughs) So the purpose is to present new information and or old information in a new way and hopefully help listeners see connections and live in harmony. Uh, Sometimes I'll also kind of provide other resources because I just love helping people to continue learning and making those connections of how the we're all connected, right? I love helping people to see that. And you do that through your own personal uh, stories as I've been on and listening to it. Oh, thank you. Um, a lot of times it is. Yeah, sometimes I, I find like cool articles that I'll share and then kind of connect that out to my life too. But I try to not just make it like the Sarah show. I try to make it like applicable and like apply advice or like some sort of learning experience that people can obtain from it too. But I like that. This show. I kind of like that. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll do that one another time. <laughs> one thing about your show, and this is something you know, I worked on when I first started my show, and sometimes I stick to it, sometimes I don't. Um, when I first started, I wanted my shows to be like exactly twenty to twenty-five minutes. I, oh yeah. I felt like short, less is more. And when you go back to the earlier versions of this show, earlier episodes, you're going to hear that. But as you start talking to people, especially when you start interviewing people, there's a conversation like you and I are having. Right. And they get longer. They get longer. So your shows are shorter. They are. Was that a choice? It was a choice. I am open to them getting like I, my plan is to occasionally have people come on the show for interviews, but not all the time, right? And so I suspect what's going to happen is the ones that are just me in front of the microphone will be shorter and the interview ones will be longer because like you said, there's a conversation right? and that takes up more space. But the intention is that it's short enough that people can hear the whole thing start to finish on their lunch break or when they're stuck in traffic or whatever because, and again, this was intentional, the idea is that it kind of flows from beginning to end with all the pieces kind of connecting. And so as much as you could pause it, you might miss some of that that flow and that connection if you have to pause it, right? So hopefully they're short enough that people aren't like, oh crap, I gotta get back to work and they have to pause and go back and do their whatever their thing is, right? Why is it so important to you for people to give a fuck? Oh, well, <laughs> um, to, to paraphrase the Lorax, if we don't, who will? Um, but also, really more even importantly than any Dr. Seuss story is, like, several, so several reasons. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back into the human one because for me, it started as Mother Earth and that kind of always comes first for me. Um, like, up until this point in in humanity, with the exception of indigenous tribes, most of whom the white man has screwed up in some way, shape, or form, we have done nothing but take and take and take and take and take. Like in the Shel Silverstein book, The Giving Tree, we take and we take and we take. And we're now getting to the end of the book, the Shel Silverstein book, where there's like the stump left, right? Right. If, if we don't start to care and we don't start to actually give back and try to live in a more balanced state... We're going to have no home, literally no home to live on. Plus, it's kind of rude and selfish, right? When you think about it, if we treated our friends that way or our family that way, they'd be like, who are you to keep taking this from me and taking that from me and taking that from me? You've never paid me back and you've never offered to do anything for me. No, thank you. I'm not. I'm done doing it for you, right? We need to shift like we need to shift that mindset. We need to stop being so selfish. We need to stop 
just being takers, takers, takers. When do you think that happened? (sighs) Well, first of all, if we go back like in history, there was not nearly as many people on the planet at one point in time as there are now. And so when there was fewer people, it was very easy to look around. Like if we, if you like the Laura Ingalls Wilder books, right? Like Pa says they, when they move out to, I forget, Kansas or somewhere, somewhere in that part of the country. And he's like, look around at all that there is here for us. And it was easy to look at that and think there will always be this much because there wasn't that many people. Right. Right. Now we have way lots of people and you can't even look and see what Pa saw in those books. Right. I I don't think it was intentional. I think it was just sort of this gradual thing. Um, Plus, as humans, we are kind of innately selfish. And I don't mean that in a negative way. But biologically, we're programmed to survive, just like any other animal. We are programmed to survive. And we have brains and ingenuity. And so we figure out how to use things to help us survive more and longer. And the longer we survive and the more of us there are, the harder it is. And we use our ingenuity again, right? It's, it was never like intended in this like, we hate the planet kind of way. But it's become this really bad thing that people are Change is hard, right? People don't want to be confronted with, wow, we have to make this massive mind shift. But we do, <laughs> right? Um, so that's one piece of it. But then the other piece of it is what Mother Nature can give to us and costs her nothing and gives us everything is that sense of connection, that sense of who we are and what we're here to do and how we're supposed to do it. All that, all that requires us to do is to care and go and spend time with her. <laughs> And she benefits from that because we're out there taking care of her in some way. Even if it's just sitting quietly by a river, enjoying her company, she benefits from that just as much as we do. And there's such a reset that's going on too, because they talk about how if you need to reset your sleeping patterns, if you need to reset your yes. your, your eating patterns, if you need to reset your stress is getting back into nature, getting away from your phone, letting the sun wake you up. I have a brand new, it's called a hatch. Uh, my husband got it for me for the holidays. And instead of an alarm waking me up, it slowly um, lights up our room like the sun. And oh, it, that's so cool. It naturally wakes you up. And you can add like birdie sounds and stuff, but I don't need birdie sure. sounds. Because um, <laughs> I sleep with I sleep with the rainfall going. Even though I haven't needed it lately, California, you know what I'm talking about. I had enough <laughs> rainfall happen anyway. But it's been a reset that happens when we reconnect to nature. Exactly. Exactly. So that's a pretty powerful thing. Have you always been this into nature? Oh my God. Yeah. So somebody asked me, I think it was a newspaper out here was interviewing me and they asked me kind of how this all got started. And I could have said what I told you about, you know, Vermont and Colorado and the voice and blah, blah, blah. And I did tell her that. But if you want like the unabridged version of the story, how this really got started was when I was four years old, we lived in this house that had this bush in the front yard that kind of grew like in a circle. But there was like, because I was little, like I could see there was this spot sort of where the circle joined up that you could get inside the bush. And I thought that was just amazing. I just loved to go and sit in that bush and just chill there. And I didn't realize it at the time because I was four and you know nothing when you're four. But what I was really doing was communing, communing with Mother Earth and just enjoying her company and learning from her 
and giving to her at the same time. I had no idea that's what I was doing until like decades later. Right. But that's where it all like sort of like the story arc of my life, if you will, was we, so we very, we moved out of that house when I was like five. Um, cause my sister was born and my parents wanted us to have our own rooms and whatever. And the story arc of my life is like trying to get back to that same sense of place and self and connection that I had as that four-year-old girl in the bush. And it took moving 2000 miles (laughs) (laughs) and going into chrysalis mode and starting a business, but I got there. (laughs) Where can people find your podcast? Um, So they can find it on my website, which is sparkconsciousness.net. Um, or it's also on every podcast platform that I'm aware exists. So, <laughs> And has it been fun? Oh, my God. It's so fun. So I was a little hesitant because I'm an INFJ. So being an introvert, like talking to people, not like my favorite thing, right? Um, but it's actually been really interesting. So I've only been in Colorado since April. And being an INFJ, like I do make friends, but it takes me a long, long time. And so I don't have really like a circle of people out here. And a lot of my friends from back east, like energetically, we've just kind of changed and we've sort of parted ways. Mm -hmm. And having this podcast, it's kind of become this really, this kind of cool way for me to like talk to a friend without having a friend in front of me to talk to. Um, and so, you know, it's like, oh, I have this thing going on or I have this cool thing I want to share and I just put it in the podcast and then I get to share it with friends I don't know I have yet. So it's kind of cool. We close these shows with two questions. It's, you've answered them before, so it won't be too shocking to you. Question number one is, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Oh. I had forgotten you asked these questions. Um, <laughs> who inspires me? Well, I, I don't. It's not a specific person. It's a generation. Um, but honestly, the millennial generation really, really inspires me. They are so all about authenticity and doing their doing the hard work to become themselves and and being activist in whatever way that shows up for them and making change and like good positive change in the world. Like as a generation, I think they are phenomenal. <laughs> and the final question is not a question. It is simply finishing a statement. Tell me something good. Here's a really good thing. Actually, the ozone layer hole is going to be closed within the next decade. Yep. That's amazing. Good. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for sharing your good. Go give a fuck by listening to her podcast and uh, visit her website while you're at it. Next time on World Gone Good. I went to debunk these myths about what the Arctic looked like and sounded like. There's this idea that everything is it's just white and it's ice and it's but it's ice in all these different forms. It's various degrees of water melting and frozen and, and it's so varietal not only in appearance visual appearance but in sound and that's what I went to do was to gather something that the everyday person who doesn't live up there would experience 
and bring that back as part of a larger discussion. Mary Edwards is another returning guest. She was on one of our very first episodes ever. Go find it. It's definitely worth a listen. Speaking of listening, listen to this. This is a soundscape that Mary recorded and created. It's part of her very varied musical arsenal. She got the opportunity to go up to the Arctic to record the sounds of glaciers and water and wind and nature. We just talked about all this nature stuff, right? Well, we're going to continue down that path. She takes us on her amazing journey on our next all-new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, be good.